This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 167, Submission 1143. Now you see it. All the versions. At least in America. Now you see it. Aired on CBS from April 1st, 1974 to June 13th, 1975. And was an unsold pilot in 1985, but returned again on CBS from April 3rd to July 14th, 1989. Every answer to every question is right here before your eyes. You and the star marshal. Now you see him, Jack Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome, one and all, to Now You See It, the game show where the answers to all the questions are right before your eyes, if you can find them. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, suck it, YouTube. (laughs) So, somebody in the 70s, you could tell this game show is from the 70s, because in the 70s, they were trying everything. Oh yeah, they were trying all sorts of new things to grab the daytime viewers of America's attention. Oh, and also you could tell based on the set. Good heavens, look at all that neon. It looked like it, Vegas. That glows in the dark. It was so neon that Rowdy Rowdy Piper had to give you warnings about it. There's a couple of rules you follow when it comes to Halloween. And these are the rules, and you're going to follow them because Hot Rod says so. First of all, when you go out there, you're going to wear something neon because it's dark and there's idiots driving cars. It was so neon that the ambient energy from it is still hovering over Lake Michigan to this very day. That's deep. It's neon. It's supposed to be deep. But, yeah, this was one of those shows that sort of became a legacy show in the Goodson Todman pantheon. By the way, the show, of course, was created by Frank Wayne and Mark Goodson and Bill Todman and the entire team over at Mark Goodson Bill Todman Productions. And the show itself employed a word search mechanic. Yes, I love word searches, and this I... game is right up my alley. Oh, yeah. It wasn't exactly a word search in the truest sense. It was a word search with uh, four lines of letters, and none of the answers went downward. I mean, you're not going to find a four-letter answer that goes downward. They were all horizontal reading from left to right. Yes. That's what you're trying to say. That is what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to say. Yeah, no up and down, because it's only four rows. Yes. 
and the object was to find the answers in the word search. That was basically the gist of all of the versions, but every version sort of had a different tack to it, if that makes sense. Well, let's start with the 70s version, which was hosted by the late great Jack Nars of the uh, Kentucky Narses, that whole game show dynasty, the Narses. And also announced the previous entry, Beat the Clock, back in 1979. And I'm still waiting for closure. Still waiting for closure. But also hosted a version of Beat the Clock. Oh, yeah. And, of course, nowadays you can see him on Buzzer on reruns of Concentration. Yeah. Yep. And as a matter of fact, I was going to mention it at the end, but this version of Now You See It actually airs in reruns at four in the morning on Sundays. Oh, that is weekend insomniac TV for me. Oh, same. Same. If I can't fall asleep, four o'clock, I'm watching Now You See It. Same. I got the DVR going at four. Oh, yeah. Okay, so how does this game work? The 70s version started with uh, two teams of two, each one with an outside player and an inside player. They call that the most creative name for this round. They called it the Elimination Round. Wow. That's it gets very... straight to the point. Straight to the point. You know what the round is. Someone's you know, going to get eliminated, or actually two people in this case. Two people are get, getting eliminated, but I like the idea of this format. So there's two people looking at the puzzle. Yeah. The other people are behind them. They have their backs turned to the wall, and then they buzz in when there's a clue, and then they find the answer, and they say line one, line two, or line three, or line four, and the other person on the team turns around, and it's their job to find the position it is in the line. And then give the answer. For example, if the clue was a Greek, uh, yeah, you're going to edit all these. Well, well, no, hold on. Well, first off, it's kind of tough to play the game when you don't have a visual aspect. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, imagine there's 14 letters. You're going to buzz in as soon as you hear the question and give a line number. Your partner is going to turn around and then give the column number and the answer. Yes. Like, for example, if it was in line two, position six, you would get eight points because two plus six equals eight. And in the middle of reading the questions, like when the question was not being played, the game board was shut off. Completely. Completely. Yeah, no cheating around here. No no sneaky peekies. No sneaky peekies. That's right. And the first player to, uh, I believe the target score was, what was the target no, score? No, no, there was no target score. Oh, there what? wasn't a target score? All right. No, no the they, first they, team who, what, when time's up, the team who's ever in the lead wins. Yeah, so what happened is uh, you'd have your uh, two players doing what you have for each team, what you mentioned earlier, but then at halftime, after like maybe, I'm guessing, five minutes or so, you heard a bell. And at that point, they went to commercial, but then the players changed seats. So your inside players were now on the outside and vice versa. And they right. just played until the next bell happened. 
So th- there wasn't at this point no set score that won the game. Okay. At the end of play, the team with the most points goes on to the next round, which was called the semifinals. Real creative nomenclature here. Ooh, I bet you I can guess what the final round is called. But n- never mind that. Anyway, yeah. So in the semifinals, each of the members of the winning team would play against each other, and they would play on a blank board while Jack would read crossword clues and call for letters one at a time, except for the final letter. Yeah, and he would say this by saying, letter. Then a letter would show up, and then letter. Never a letter shows up. And do that until someone buzzed in or you reached the last letter in the puzzle. Yes. And the clues were sort of scrambleish. Yes. Yep. Yeah, sometimes they have that little scramble twist to it, but sometimes they're more straightforward. Yes. And the first player to get four words in the round won the game and moved on to face the champion in the final round. What? It's called the final round after it's called the semifinals? Who knew? Hey, wow. they saved all of their creative juices for the writing staff. Well, also, we should add at this point, if you won the semifinals, you won a prize package. So you weren't going home empty-handed. Right. Nope. So, yeah, so a little bit of reward. And, and there were actually some nice prizes they gave away. I seem to remember they gave away, at one point, like precious metals, either like a couple ounces of gold or maybe like a pound of silver. Yeah. 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 And and the thing is, yeah, nowadays a pound of silver would probably be in the range of like $500. Maybe they gave a couple pounds of silver or again, ounces of gold back then gold was very inexpensive, but now it's like what? $802,000 an ounce. So you, if you held onto those gold bars for 46 years or 47 years at this point, you would have a small fortune on your hands. Just a bit, yeah. A lot better than getting a a barbecue or something that is very outdated nowadays. Uh, Just a little bit. But in in a sort of a bit of early installment weirdness, uh, when this game first hit the airwaves, it was four words and you didn't get anything for winning the round. The prizes were added like three weeks in. And almost concurrent with that change, the winning total was five words. I guess they were getting four words really quickly, and they needed something to fill the time out. Just a guess. Probably. But anyway, the winning player moves on to face the champion in the finals. And the finals followed the same rules as the elimination game, with a new board turned off until Jack started reading the question. And then the player had to buzz in, give the line, and then the position. And after 12 questions, player with the higher score goes on to the solo game to win a rolling cash jackpot. Yeah, it would start at $5,000 and increase by $1,000 every time someone didn't win it. Right. Yeah. So it, it could get up there, theoretically. Well, it did get up there... Uh, at least once, one of the uh, wins was for 21000 in 1974. 
Imagine how much that is nowadays. That's there's your small fortune. Oh, hold on. I'm going to go to infl- for the first time in a long time. Something uh, I haven't done since the early days of the podcast. I'm the inflation go- calculator. The Yay. inflation calculator. So, OK, 1974. Was it twenty one thousand dollars? Twenty one thousand. Well, it's over twenty one thousand if it was a returning champion. But we'll just say twenty one thousand dollars is a baseline it's, number. Nineteen seventy four money. Yeah, remember uh, as as a reminder, it started at five thousand and was raised. What was it raised? One thousand for every one thousand dollars. Yes, one thousand okay. for every loss. So that's three weeks. Over three weeks of no winners. Okay, twenty one thousand dollars in twenty twenty one. Are you ready for how much this costs today? Yes. A hundred and thirteen thousand seven hundred and fifty-five dollars and twenty-five cents. A small fortune. Damn. Damn. That's one way of saying it. I concur. Oh my goodness! And there was another solo round win, which was seventeen thousand dollars. And that clip I know is online because I saw it a couple days ago. Well, she definitely had to have retired after that because. Oh, you absolutely retired after you broke because, the jackpot. Because $25,000 was the limit on CBS back then. Well, but also, like I said, the, the show itself, once you hit the jackpot, once you won, you're done. Yeah. And then the next show would have five whole new contestants. Yes. Unless it was the December 13th, 1974 show, which you have the one returning contestant. And then two new contestants after that. Because on December 16th, 1974, throw out the old format, bring in the new format. Here's the new format. You start with two players playing the qualifying round, which was played like the semifinals. And then the first one to reach five words wins the round and plays against the returning champion in the championship round, which was played like the finals. And the scoring was still the same, but the difference here, you had to reach 100 points first. And once someone reached 50 points, the point values doubled, which means if the answer was in, let's say, row four, column seven, instead of being worth 11 points, it would be worth 22 points. Give the challenger a chance to get back in the game. Oh, but we should also add for a brief while, contestants got a brief look at the board and could write down one like bonus answer. And if that answer came up during the game and they got that correct, they got bonus points. They got 10 points uh, extra. Just throwing the points at you. Well, I mean, it is a way to potentially get people who are somewhat far behind back into the game, make it a little more competitive, but also at the same time, it could make for a bigger blowout. Although I couldn't tell you if this was taking away from the excitement or adding to it. I mean, now you see it as a very solid show. It didn't need any help. Well, if it were solid, we wouldn't be talking about this. Now, would we? Well, yeah, if it was solid, we wouldn't be talking about this format change in late 74. So, Getting back to the championship round, first player to 100 wins the game and goes on to the solo game to play for the jackpot. And whatever happens in the jackpot, a new game would start right after. So instead of a self-contained game mechanic, we have straddling champions. 
And if the champion won the solo game in this version, the champion would immediately retire, and the player that he or she defeated would return in the next game as the champion designate. Oh, that was the rule for the entire run of this show. Uh, Whoever the uh, the eventual winner beat in the finals, the loser would replace them by default. So they'd be the acting champion. They'd be the acting champion, yeah. Yes. Which is a nice mechanic. That's like a nice second chance. Okay, you lost the final, but if the, uh, the person that defeated you wins, you're going to become the, the default champion. Hey, Mike, did you say the contestant that lost because the opponent won the solo round got a second chance? So do we call that the St. Peter Principle? Go to your room and think about what you've done, Greg. Call back to episode 58. <laughs> and if you think we're done with shows named Second Chance... Oh no. Just wait even, till next year. Not even close. We have, we have at least one more to cover. Maybe even two. Yeah. And this version lasted until June 13th, 1975, when the entire show went under. Oh yeah. And also, doesn't Jack say at the end about the joke being that the show debuted on April Fool's Day and it ends on Friday the 13th? Well, that's true. Yeah, I'm sure if we can find the finale, play the clip right here. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you've heard us say that uh, this is the last in this series of Now You See It on CBS TV. And you always feel bad when you go off the air, but I can't help remember that on April the 1st, 1974, which is April Fool's Day, that's when we started. We've been on the air 13 months and 13 days, and this is Friday the 13th, and I think somebody's trying to tell me something. Fun fact, the show that now you see it replaced, a little show, you may have heard of it, it's called The $10,000 Pyramid. That's right, because The $10,000 Pyramid would have moved to EBC. Never heard of it. Yeah, by the way, that show apparently still airs on ABC to this day. They may have adjusted the value for inflation. I'm not sure. Still never heard of it. Give or take $90,000. Yeah. Michael Strahan. Anyway, uh, Now You See It was up against The Wizard of Odds on NBC with a some guy from Sudbury, Ontario. You may have heard of him. I actually forgot his name. I'm sorry. Oh, you're sorry? I'm sorry. Sorry. I forgot what his name was. Oh, do you know who composed the theme song to The Wizard of Odds? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, hi! He's no. not calling. Oh, He's no. Okay, good, good. Okay. But that guy got a new show on the same network little show called High Rollers. You may have heard of it. And now you see it just could not compete against it. Oh, no. You got Dice and you got Ruta Lee. Come on. You cannot beat Ruta Lee. Nope. You can't. Oh, and by the way, Ruta Lee is uh, this week's guest on uh, the Gilbert Gottfried uh, podcast. Yes. Yes. Haven't listened to it yet, but I've got it downloaded. Who doesn't love Ruta Lee? Just saying. Shout out to Frank Santra Padre, by the way. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yeah, I still remember Ruta Lee from that one episode of Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Oh, yes, she was on Lightspeed Rescue. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Mike, do you happen to know what aired once uh, Now You See It was canceled? Like, what replaced Now You See It on the schedule? Okay, so what replaced Now You See It? Uh, the easy answer is Tattletales moved from 4 p.m. to the Now You See at 11 a.m. time slot. But then uh, filling the slot at 4 p.m., a little show we're going to cover later this year. Let's play a game of musical chairs and give ourselves a round oh. of applause. Adam Wade deserved so much better than that. Oh, and I love that show. But again, we'll talk about that later on this year. Okay, so Tattletales moves. Wheel of Fortune. Oh, that's the name of the show. Wheel of Fortune. I See, I knew that. Uh, Wheel of Fortune started laying waste to every show that dare go against it for the next couple of years and then the next couple of decades in syndication after that. And then, you know, you have the natural progression of time until 1985. Now, what happened in 1985? Oh, um, I know what happened in 1985. Marty McFly went back in time at the Twin Pines Mall with the DeLorean. You mean the Lone Pine Mall? Oh, you're right, Chica. It was the Lone Pine Mall because some guy in a space suit ran over Mr. Peabody's pine. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, that's what he gets for having that crazy idea about breeding pine trees, Chico. What are you going to do, huh? Anyway, in 1985, Goodson Todman, by now it would just be Goodson, they revisit Now You See It as sort of a pyramid mashup game? Yeah, something like that. And you have two teams of two players who played for the entire show, and in the first round... One player was given a word to define that was somewhere on an electronic version of the game board from the 1975 version. The partner had to find the word that was being conveyed by the player. And they had 15 seconds to do so. The clock stops when the correct line was chosen. And if successful, the team wins as many points as there were seconds on the clock. So if you had like six seconds, you win six points. And after each team played four words, the team in the lead had a bonus 20 points. They swapped the sides after the second word, if I'm not mistaken. So, And in round two, because Jack Clark was a natural clue giver, he read clues to words on a new board, and the first player to buzz in won 20 points. And the first team to reach 100 wins the game, chooses one player to play the solo round. They played two games in each half hour, well, theoretically. And in each game, one player would be the giver and one would be the receiver. And they swapped positions for the second game. You can understand why this pilot was never sold. Yeah, because it's too much like Pyramid. A. 
And B, it was just too damn confusing. Oh, yeah. Definitely was. But Jack Clark was great at it. Jack Clark was amazing in it. Jack Clark did the best he could do with what he had. And this was made for 1986 syndication and never sold. Yeah, that would have been a tough sell. Just a bit. Definitely. I can't see a syndicator nabbing this. No. Well, plus, again, also you had so many uh, syndicated game shows back in 1986. We could be here for a day or two and, and probably not even list all of them. Oh, yeah. For every third season of Jeopardy, there is the home shopping game. This show did not have a chance. And we could be here forever talking about all the game shows in 86. On network, syndication, and also cable. Well, it was also the first year in 86 of uh, the Nickelodeon Double there and the John Davidson. Yes! Yes! Yeah. If you just looked like any other game show out there, which now you see in 85 did. Oh, you were dead in the water. Sorry, not even Jack Clark can save you. I'm sorry. Jack Clark could do a lot of things because he's freaking Jack Clark. Could not save this show. No. Oh, by the way, since I mentioned Hollywood Squares, the 1980s version, hey, Jeff Bezos, now that you've bought MGM, how about you put the entire run of Hollywood Squares, the John Davidson version, on Prime? Just do that for me, Jeff, please. Oh, I think they're going to be tapping into that uh, with the old, old Hollywood Squares, possibly. Oh, with Peter Marshall? Oh, definitely. Plus, also, listen to me. I really think this is a possibility. So now that MGM owns Amazon, I know that Amazon owns MGM, not the other way around. Got a little tongue-tied there. And Amazon Prime already has like a good relationship with Buzzer, and MGM obviously has a good relationship with Buzzer. You gotta think that at some point... Oh, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yes! This is the... The reference to Match Game Hollywood Squares for this week. You gotta think this is a marriage made in heaven. Now that you know the, the two sides are simpatico and there's a good working relationship with Buzzer, you gotta wonder if that's coming to prime. Oh, you got the the Peter the Marshall Match Game Hollywood Squares, Squares hour with oh yeah with classic Rayburn Match Game and classic Peter Marshall Hollywood Squares. Oh yeah. And this past week was a good week. Richard Mall and McLean Stevenson. Oh, and your favorite, Mike. I'm giving her third billing, but I'm just Richard Mall. Oh, hey, there's our night court reference. But uh-huh. yeah, and McLean Stevenson, we know is is sort of like a deity around these parts. And yes, taking third billing, even though she may realistically get like fifth billing this week. Oh, Bonnie Urseth. Yeah, oh, Bonnie Urseth. Charles Nelson Riley. What a store-studded week that was. Oh, yeah. By the oh, way, that, we're going to oh, be... Oh, that was a good week, yes. We're going to be talking about Body or Seth later this summer, and I can't wait. Oh, I, can't I get enough of Bonnie. I actually put something on the list that I was looking for with Body or Seth. I didn't even know that was her when I watched it. But now it's like, okay... First of all, we have to talk about it because of Body Urseth, and second of all, because it's creepy as hell. So, oh, and speaking of, 
We're going to review sometime down the line another thing Bonnie Yourself was in because a certain actor she was acting alongside recently got cast in something, Chico. Wow, that is very vague, but I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, you just have to take a shooter on this topic. If yeah, you know what I mean. Gonna, it's going to have to remain a secret for now. Yeah. We don't want to have an invasion of our offices. Uh, how marvelous. Okay. I think at this point we need to move on to the 1989 version. Yes, yes. we do. Time marches forward. Because now we're into 1989. And aside from Wheel of Jeopardy owning syndication and a five entries looking for a place on the syndicated schedule. I don't know if we're going to get into those, but hey, we just might one day. We have a brand new version of Now You See It starring it's the same game kind of, sort of, but there's a new name at the helm and it's, uh, Oi, it's some guy named Chuck Henry. Now, if you are a Los Angeles newsie, you know who Chuck Henry is. I was not a Los Angeles newsie, so I did not know who Chuck Henry is until much later in my lifetime. And he's still working, if I'm not mistaken. He's still working at KNBC. But yeah, to replace the ending card sharks, we have uh, the new flavor of Now You See It, which was basically reverted to each episode being a standalone show and a standalone game with uh, some changes. First of all, it became, instead of an affair where you had to find the role and the column for points, now it's all time-based. The qualifying round... A clue to the word was given. You had what? 30? Okay, I'll explain it. Please explain it because right. my English sucks yeah. tonight, apparently. Yeah, okay, you go get your tongue repaired. Uh, okay, well, first off, we should say that this game, unlike the previous version back in 1974, had two people playing against each other for the right to play the champion in the second round. There was no buzz in, find the line, partner rotates and says what the position is and what the word is. No, this is all done by one individual. And what it was, it was point-based. Questions started off at 100 points each, but they went down at a rate of five points every third of a second. And they would stop going down once you hit 25 points. So that was your absolute minimum. After five seconds, we'll hit a buzzer. Score stops counting down. And then Chuck Henry would say, the correct answer is in line blank. Line one, line two, line three, line four. And uh, if they're right, uh, finding, you don't have to say the position number now. You just have to say the answer. You get the points. And then after a while, the uh, game, you, you heard a similar bell sound to like uh, the 74 version. And at that point, 
all the point values would be doubled. So you'd be going for 200 points or up to 200 points per clue. Again, going down at a rate of 10 points every third of a second until they got to 50. And then again, uh, you'd hear a buzzer and Chuck Henry would say, the answer is in line, what have you. The point was to get to a thousand points. Whomever reached a thousand or more points first then got to play the champion in, I don't know if there's actually a formal name for it. There is a formal name for it. Oh, give me a formal name. It is called, are you ready for this? The finals? The championship round. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a little more creative than the finals. And how the championship round works is that there are several boards, each with six different distinct answers. And if you find all six answers, you win the cash attached to that board. It started at 200 and increased by 100 for each additional board until someone reached $1,000. The first person to reach $1,000 wins the game, keeps the money, and goes on to the solo game. Which well, was play- hold on, hold on. You forgot a big part here. What's that? It's not just you find six answers in a puzzle. You First off, it's a, uh, a jump-in situation where the puzzle's shown once somebody finds an answer, they hit their buzzer, and if they have a correct answer, they get control of the board. And then if they're correct, they have 20 seconds to find the remaining answers. And if they miss, if they don't find all five, their opposition gets five seconds to find any correct answer that was not answered. And what would happen is the first puzzle would be worth $200. The second would be worth 300, 400, 500, 600. And mathematically it's beautiful because if you add 200 to, uh, up all the way up to 600 in $100 increments, that's a nice round $2,000. So you're going to have a winner because worst case situation, you're going to have two teams tied at a thousand, which really, you know, that doesn't make any sense. So it's mathematically lovely. If you ask me. Yeah. You want to talk about mathematically lovely. I actually did the math in my head. If you get the $200 board then the $300 board, and then the $400 board, and then your opponent gets the $500 board, you get the $600 board. You end up with $1,500, which is the, which is the absolute best you could do given the circumstances. And you get to keep that $1,500. Oh yeah, that's not points. That, that's actual tangible dinero. Yep, and then you go on to the solo game, which, of course, works the same through all of the versions. Oh yes. But you're not playing for 5000 plus 1000 for every time you missed. No, no, no. It's 1989. We've got a little more inflation nowadays, and there's a little more cash at stake. It's a flat $5,000 with $5,000 added on every time somebody missed. Up to $75,000, which would be the limit at the time. That that would be CBS's limit, right? Yes. And again, uh, because we haven't got over the solo game, haven't we? we? I mean, we've alluded to it, but we haven't actually got over it because it, like I said... It's the same throughout the show's history. You are given 60 seconds to find 10 words on a brand new board. And you get 
one look at the board before they take it away. And the next time you see it, the clock starts. And given a sort of a telestrator pen, you have to circle the words. Well, you used the telestrator pen in the original version, too. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that was very slick technology for 1974. Oh, yeah. It was before the days of John Madden using that all the time in boom. game broadcast. Boom. This guy goes here, he goes here, and boom. Now, the only thing that really changed was the size of the board. In the original 1970s version in the 85 pilot, it was four rows of 16 letters. In the 1989 version, it was four rows of 14 letters. Can you imagine what they do nowadays with widescreen TVs? You could do legitimately a board of four rows with maybe like 18 or 20 letters. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be a challenge. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll make a revival this one day. You know what? Fremantle's sitting on a library of game shows that they've yet to reboot, so... And, hey, NBC's rebooting Password with Jimmy Fallon. Well, maybe Jimmy Fallon has to play Now You See It. Yeah, do that, that Jimmy. That, that, would, that would be fun. I'd like to see That'd that. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I would love to see Steve Higgins do the intro. That'd be awesome. Oh, and get Rashida Jones to play as a celebrity. Oh, so, do you realize how meta that is? Oh, it's super meta, and that's why I said it. Oh, yeah. We're acknowledging Quincy as the true only writer of the theme, given the other writer is... Uh, well. Yeah, no, 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 Greg. Stop, stop, stop. Greg, 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 Greg. Stop right there. Hey, hey, I got a great idea. We'll just refer the other writer as... Mr. Black. But not that. Mr. Black. No, that's, that's... I don't know, Greg. That's not how that makes it even worse. Well, they're both... <laughs> Cutting the same coin, if you know what I mean. So, there you go. That's basically, now you see it in a nutshell. I mean, it didn't really, well, it became a sort of a cult favorite here. Oh, yeah. But it was good enough to be exported to Australia, Australia, Indonesia, and the UK. And the thing about the Australian version... It's just kids! Right? It's something. And actually, one thing that hasn't even been touched now, if you don't win the jackpot, you get $100 per correct answer for either version. So there's your consolation if you don't go all the way. Yes. And there was, I should mention the 89 version, there was a $50,000 win. And I did go to inflation calculator. $50,000 in 1989 today is $107,683.06. I'd rather have the $21,000 from 1974. Same. But hey, you're going to tell me getting that much money at any time is bad? Oh, no. Oh, and one thing I want to mention. The 1989 Now You See It had a video game. Oh, yes, it did. On the PC. And you know what the kicker is? What? It's actually available for download. Over on archive.org. And it runs very authentically to the TV show. I, I will say, uh, I, I did, I don't know if it was uh, necessarily that download, but I did try downloading on a computer or playing it on a an older computer. This is years ago. It clocks really fast. It, it is a super 
speedy game. Uh, oh, yeah, it's well, it helps that it helps that it's it was really no frills about it. I mean, this yeah. is basically a DOS video game in 1990. Uh, and also, we should add, it doesn't have uh, Chump Change as the theme song. No. Well, you knew it wasn't going to. Well, I, I just, if somebody's out there and was thinking about buying or downloading it uh, to hear uh, like a, a, a version, a 1989 computerized version of it, I'm sorry to disappoint. Yeah. Although it did have the opening bars of Chump Change. I guess that counts. It had the opening bars of Chump Change, or, you know, whatever that's worth. Plus, also, there was a board game uh, for the 1974 version. Oh, yeah. Who made that Milton Bradley? I'm guessing. Oh, of course it was Milton Bradley, yeah. yeah if, it's all... a board, if it's a board game of a game show in the 70s... From Goodson Todman, it's probably Milton from Good, Bradley. From Goodson Todman, Milton Bradley was all over that. Oh, absolutely. Hey, guys. Do you like to buy the Now You See It board game from Milton Bradley? Well. I have two copies, personally. Want to give me one? Hook a brother up? Because right now. We're going to settle this like adults, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Because we're going to play eBay Prices Right. Let's do it. No, we're not going to play like adults because I was doing research uh, earlier, so I'm going to sit out this version. Oh, so we're going to do a clock game style. It's a solo game. We're going to play the solo game. Yeah, except we're going to do a clock game style, obviously. Okay, Chica, here's what we're going to do. Vintage 1975, now you see it, board game from Milton Bradley. Complete. Let me read the conditions. The outer box has where the game is complete and in very good condition. In no way does this affect the product itself. If we think a product is unsafe or used, we will not list it. We inspect carefully and we'll describe the condition as best as we can. Okay. I, I, th- I think you can use this board game even if it's been used. It, it's, there's no sharp parts. There's no, it was no, pretty no. complete. And, and it's, it's a lot of cardboard and paper, so... And, and yeah, hey, you, uh, if you are of a creative sort, and we know a lot of people who are of the creative sort... We're looking at you, Adam Needeth. You can make your yeah. own material and host your own games to be current. It's yeah. not hard. It's not hard. Okay. All right, let me get the clock ready. I got the clock. I got the clock. Okay. Chico, the clock will start when you get your first. Are we doing dollars and cents or just dollars? Dollars and cents. Okay. $30. Higher. $40. Higher. $50. Lower. $45. Lower. $47.50. $42.50. Sorry. Higher. $42.75. Higher. $42.80. Higher. $42.90. Higher. One, two, three, four, five. You got it. (laughs) with like seven seconds left hey ask me how to play the damn clock game 
Yeah, but but Chico, I was hoping that you'd run out of time. Yeah, we've never had somebody run out of time in the clock game style eBay prices right version. That's because I go into game mode when I'm playing this sort of thing. Well, I wanted to use this buzzer. <laughs> Where the heck did you get that buzzer? Uh, Target. Uh, I got it uh, l- last summer, maybe about two months before uh, I went to the hospital. It was like $3, and I bought it for my classroom. I thought it'd be fun. But then I heard the buzzer, and it's like, okay, that's not really like a fun buzzer sound. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> I, I what about as good as that microphone, that megaphone you got with the voice changing things? Oh, yeah. oh no, that's a piece of I'm, I'm having uh, True story, I'm having flashbacks to third grade. My teacher would always imitate a buzzer sound. Well. Oh, she, she, she should have bought one of these. Yeah, he spent, he spent no, no, no. it on a belt buckle. I'm going to start using this throughout the podcast when I want to like condition you two. I'm going to, it's sort of like the, 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 the dog whistle or, or, or uh, the clicker that you use with dogs. If, if I think that you guys need some sort of conditioning. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. Would you like to try it out? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm done playing with this. But I, I, I was actually getting the buzzer ready I, with like 10 seconds left. It's like, oh, Chico's going to blow it. Chico's going to blow it. And then he came through. Damn right Darn. I came through. Darn tell, you. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, this show aired in Indonesia in 2012. Wow, as recently as 2012 it aired somewhere. Uh-huh. As recently as 2012. And I have to wonder, is it available on the YouTubes? The uh, 2012, now you see it. Maybe. Oh, by the way, we should mention that plenty of the Now You See It 89 version, even though it ran for three months and it hasn't been rerun since. At Chuck Henry's request, by the way. At Chuck Henry's request. Supposedly. Let's add that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. At Chuck Henry's alleged request. Okay, and to answer your question about the Indonesian version on YouTube, I'm looking and I see at least 12 episodes. Okay. Now you see it, Indonesia? Yeah, and there's actually... Because I look at Now You See It, Indonesia, and I get clips from Now You See Me, which, by the way... Now Now you did the wrong search term. You had to look by the name Temakun Kata... And you would get 12 episodes right off the bat. Uh, episode 1, 63, 95, 219, 10, 18, 92, 218, 183, 6, 141, 109. And this is a kid's game as well. Yeah, wow. And a, a three-person kid's game. Not, not just two people, three people. It's and it looks three like the, people. It's a triple it lo- threat game. And it looks like they use the uh, 1974 rules. Oh, that's nice. And also, I found the channel that has most of these episodes. From what it looks like, every single one of the 263 episodes is online. Wow! So if you are fluent in Indonesian, you're good to go. You're good to go. Oh, man. Now I need to learn Indonesian. I know that is not the official language of Indonesia. I'm sorry about that. At the oh, it is the official like oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's in the name of the country, silly. 
<laughs> Tell that to people who speak Tagalog in the Philippines. Anywho. He's not wrong. Okay, but what can I say except now you see it. Really good game mechanic. Really solid hosts for both versions. Yes, Chuck Henry, you were good. I don't care what your hangups are. You were good. What your alleged hangups are. What your alleged hangups are. Sorry. Yeah, he, he was very good, yes. This could have ran a long time, but for reasons beyond CBS's control, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. It was oh, a yeah. thing on TV. Oh, and by the way, we mentioned that now you see it replaced card sharks. Oh, yeah. But did we also mention what replaced now you see it? The Bob Goen version of Wheel of Fortune. Boom! Yeah, not, not the Rolf version. No, no, that, that the, was NBC only. NBC canceled it, and then it moved to CBS with Bob Goen. Thankfully. And the budget got slashed. Oh, yeah, the I'm budget. I'm just saying. 50, Diamond 75. 50 yeah, Diamond 75 and, 70, and Diamond 50. 50 and $75 spaces on the wheel. But yeah. those vowels were still 250 No, there so, were 200 Oh, What? They loaded $200. Verb probably thought, uh, let's show them some mercy on this version. This show's cheap enough. There's not enough money to <laughs> pay $250. let us make it $200. It was so cheap, cheap, cheap. It needed Noel Edmonds. Uh, it needed uh, Noel Edmonds talking to a goose. Don't do this again. Oh, but one other thing that I wanted to mention that I, I, I've been saving for most of the show. Oh, please do it. The, the, the one thing about the 74 and 89 versions oh my holy heavens those sets yeah oh god can we talk about the sets because oh, we can talk about the sets the, okay this episode's not done till i say it no done. We're, we're not done with this we you think this episode's over we're not done here we got to talk about the sets we talked about the 74 set being a gigantic neon nightmare yeah but that's... no it's like a spaceship it's not a nightmare it's got it's got like a spaceship no i mean comparatively it. it was like neon was all over the place oh yes yeah in that regard that, you know Neon Nightmare. Neon was all over the place. Neon on the board. You had neon on the contested area. Neon on the sets. And you know what else you had? Stairs. And all you had the, the stairs. And you had contestants marching in, almost like in unison, like a marching band, uh, on the stairs as Jack Nars made his entrance. Was that, like, perfectly choreographed? That oh, is yeah. a thing of beauty. And the champion got their own balcony. Yeah, they got a crow's nest of sorts. It pays to be the champ. It really does. You get the front row seat to everything. But then the 89 version. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, first Cakes. off, it's really dark. It's really dark. It's, Let's real, just say it's that. really dark. You want to talk about things that look like spaceships? That yeah. was the mothership. You're talking about neon and chasing lights. And, and these three giant rings that went up and down for each different round. It's like each round was played in a different part of the set. It was. The first round oh was Oh my gosh, was that glorious. Stage left was your first round. Then you win that, you graduate to stage right, which was a little bit higher than stage left. But then you win that, and you play center stage, the solo game, which just towered over 
everything. Oh my gosh, that was the thing of beauty. And I say that we didn't get it in Cleveland because Cleveland hates game shows. But I picked it up from the Toledo station. It was very fuzzy on rabbit ears. And I was watching on a black and white TV. But even back then, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a thing of beauty. Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, oh, so, so, so amazing. And you know what's so impressive about the ED9 version? Even though it only ran for about three months, there's plenty of it on the line. And in good quality, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What were they, 75 episodes of the 89 version? Yeah, basically. Yeah, 75. 75? And, like, half of them are on the YouTubes. Oh, there's got to be at least... uh, Oh, yeah, that would be, like, 38. I was going to say, there's at least, like, 30 episodes on there. And they did a number of celebrity weeks. They had, like, a soap uh, opera week. Yes, they did. So, yeah, yeah. They got the most mileage out of 75 episodes. I'll say that much. Yeah, it was a very good version. Oh, it was an amazing version, at least to this 14-year-old back in 1989. I remember watching it when I was nine, and I saw the commercials for it, but I didn't actually see the game until I had uh, we had been let out of school. And by then, it would be, what, Late May, early June. Yeah, probably. Nine-year-old Chico about to graduate from one elementary school to another. Yeah. And what does he see in the afternoon? Like 2.30 in the afternoon. Now you see it. And I I don't think it aired in 2.30 in the afternoon everywhere else. But uh, KOLD out of Tucson aired it in 2.30 in the afternoon. Well, that's a good time slot for the kids in Arizona, I guess. They come home, they get to watch this. Except I didn't come home and get to watch this, because by the time I got home, it was already time for Guiding Light to start it. Oh, well. That sucks. Eh, totally. It wasn't even the time when Guiding Light had that clone storyline. I remember that. Oh, that was great. That's going on the list. We already had it on the list silly okay. long ago. Okay, there you go. We talked about the 75 set. We talked about the 89 set. We did not talk about the 85 set because, frankly, there oh, wasn't really much to there, talk no, about. No, it's not impressive at all. No, I mean, it was a standard pilot. We could have included it in pilot month, but we chose to include it here. Yeah, but so for real, now you see it. Really good game. Really solid host for all three versions, believe it or not. But thanks to uh, circumstances beyond their control, Wheel of Fortune, now you see it. It was a thing on TV. And now we're done for this for reals this time. And you know what else you can see? Our website. It was a thing on TV.com. You can see all the episodes. You can see all of our live shows, including the two we did last week. Oh, yes. Uh, That would be Press Your Luck and The Cube with D-Wade. Who would have imagined that D-Wade would be hosting a game show? Hey. It's 2021. Anybody could host a game show. Oh, that is true. That much is true, but I will tell you, 
My students are actually excited for this. Yeah, they didn't know there was going to be a preview episode, but I was telling, uh, talking to some students uh, the day this was being recorded, and we were talking about NBA playoff coverage, and they said, you know, are you interested in the playoffs? And I said, not really, but the one big thing that I'm waiting for is after the NBA playoffs on Saturday is the Cube. And, and the, the, the kids are like, the show with Dwayne Wade? The Cube. They even did like the voice. It's like, okay, stop right there because you're going to make me dive into a hole I don't want to dive into showing you cube footage from the UK, from the first version, the original version. Because and I told them, this is something I've been waiting for to come to the United States for like literally like 12 years since the cube originally debuted. And, oh, it's going to be so good. And, you know, if the kids are excited about Dwayne Wade hosting it, you know, this is going to TNT is going to have a hit on their hands. TBS. I, I'm just impressed that the kids. Same thing. TNT, TBS. But, but the thing is, I got to give credit to TBS or TNT because I'm sure they're showing it during their ads during their NBA coverage. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, if I've got 17 and 18 year olds who couldn't care less about game shows caring about Dwayne Wade and knowing the name of the show is The Cube and they can't wait to see it, you're doing something right. You're a good teacher, Mike. Now, don't make the show a pile of poop. Well, we'll have already seen it by the time you hear this. but uh, So we'll already know. Well, listen what to that, that live show. It's going to be good. It's like it it is going to be good. And you know what else is good? Our friends at Place to Be Nation, they are always good. And they drop our stuff every Wednesday, and I believe this Wednesday they have... What do they have this Wednesday? Yeah, because you can never remember what they have. Oh, Wednesday. now, remember, we've got... Um, Return to the Shaggy Dog we did. And also, don't forget, we got Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh. A very like, thorough episode. Very it was thorough. A, 66 yeah. episodes, baby. It's no Charles Styles Mystery Diners, huh? Oh, nothing compared to Charles Styles Mystery Diners. Hey, maybe one day we'll do more Mystery Diners. Who knows? Wink, yeah, wink. I'll... Yeah, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. But I'll tell you what we'll do next time. Okay, Airwolf had a helicopter. Yes. Knight Rider had a car. Had a car. You know what we need? What do we need? A boat. A boat? A boat. A boat, but who would be on the boat? Who would be on the boat? How about a pair of Navy SEALs, brother? Oh. Oh. Navy oh. SEALs, brother. Brother. Let's just say one of them used to play the piano on Fox and the other... There's an interesting story, but I'll save that for the next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone. Well, stay tuned for Love of Life next of most of these CBS stations. <laughs> <laughs>